a lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. ...by Turkey's invasion. Turkey and the United States agree on the priority of respecting vulnerable human life, human rights, and particularly the protection of religious and ethnic communities. Turkish troops and Turkish-backed Syrian fighters launched their offensive against Kurdish forces in northern Syria just over a week ago. This is USA Radio News. Do you wish you could get better sleep and maybe lose a few pounds? Maybe more than a few pounds? Well, there's this product called Calitrin that helps with both sleep and weight loss. Just listen to what people are saying about it. I've been taking Calitrin for right about three months, and I've lost 24 pounds and 19 overall inches. But my sleep has improved. I have so much more energy, and I have the desire to succeed more than ever. Anyone who needs weight loss, more energy, and better sleep, this product really does deliver. I'm Roger. Uh, over the three months that I took the product, my sleeping habits uh, are increasingly much better. I got a better night's sleep, and uh, I just can't say enough about the product and how it makes you feel. Also, I uh, additionally lost a little bit of weight on the program as well. Hi, this is Erickson. I take Calitrin for weight loss, and I've lost about 20 pounds, and I feel great. Calitrin is scientifically proven to help with sleep and weight loss safely and effectively. Check it out at TopLoss.com. That's TopLoss.com. Jobless claims were up last week, as we hear from USA Radio's Chris Barnes. The Labor Department figures show around 214,000 U.S. workers filed initial claims last week. That's 4,000 more than the week before. The biggest increases in claims were in Illinois, Texas, New Jersey, and New York. The sharpest declines were seen in Ohio, Michigan, Tennessee, and Delaware. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. China appealed to Washington for a quick end to their trade war, but has given no indication what additional steps Beijing might want before carrying out what President Donald Trump says is a promise to buy up to $50 billion of American farm goods. Trump agreed to delay a tariff hike in exchange for Chinese purchases of U.S. exports. Beijing says it will buy more American goods, but has yet to confirm the details, leaving the companies wondering whether Chinese leaders have other demands, including a possible end to punitive U.S. tariffs, before that goes ahead. This is USA. Aloha. Cinnamon's Las Vegas newly arrived Hawaiian breakfast served every day, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. With over 32 years in Hawaii, we have amazing boneless Calbi ribs, award-winning Eggs Benedict, guava chiffon pancakes, which were voted Time Out Magazine's number 8 pancake in the nation, as well as our Las Vegas-exclusive pistachio cream pancakes, and much more. Good food, great service, genuine aloha. It's the island served on a plate on the corner of Buffalo and Washington just off Summerlin Parkway. to let you in on a new facial treatment I've just recently discovered. Microcurrent facial treatment. I'm amazed by the immediate results in just a single session. The treatment lifts, tones, and reduces fine lines, leaving me looking years younger and feeling healthier about myself. No pain, no laser, no injections. It's so relaxing and simple. You must try it for yourself. And right now, you can receive a $150 treatment for only $20. Call My Facial Sculpting, 702-666-8080. 
or set up an appointment online at MyFacialSculpting.com. You'll love the results. Visit My Facial Sculpting at 1450 West Horizon Ridge Parkway on the northwest corner of Stephanie inside Escape Salon and Spa or find out all about them at MyFacialSculpting.com. My Facial Sculpting, the way to a more youthful you. Are you going out of town or just need assistance caring for your pet? Licensed, bonded, and insured Safe Doggy Pet Services is the premier pet care provider in the Las Vegas Valley. With over 40 years of experience handling all types of pets, Safe Doggy comes to you for feeding, medicine, exercise, potty breaks, play visits, overnight pet sitting, special needs care, transportation to vet and grooming appointments, and much more. For further information on all that Safe Doggy Pet Services has to offer, visit safedoggy.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Sports fans, you know the sports news. In a minute, you're going to hear the sports angle with your host, Rocco Kelly, on KSHP, 1400 AM in Las Vegas. For streaming options, go to KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and listen to Rocco Kelly and the sports angle. On KSHP 1400. Welcome to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We are here on AMP TV, A-A-M-P dot TV. Listen in on iHeartRadio and Spotify. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. To listen to this show live, pick up some swag, and get information on past and future guests. Now I have Sal from the Sports Circus here with me. Sal, how's it going? What's going on, buddy? It's time to get cracking. What do we got? (laughs) Well, it's definitely going to be a great show um, players getting angry towards an umpire. Now, it's been part of baseball since the beginning. All right, We see it all the time. However, during the Arizona Fall League, arguing with technology, but more importantly, a player getting upset with a robot umpire. A robot umpire, he says. Yes, Tell me during, more about that. During a recent Arizona Fall League game, Giants prospect Jacob Hayward, related to Cubs outfielder Jason Hayward, was ejected after striking out on a call made by technology, by a robot umpire. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, do you have, like, Johnny Five behind home plate, or is is it just all virtual? Uh, I will explain uh, what the situation was. Now, now Hayward was yelling at the umpire who was behind home plate. However, this robot umpire or this ABS system, this is how it works. Now, this ABS ABS system has been implemented to use at all games in this Arizona Fall League. 
Now, this technology involves a real-life umpire still manning duties behind the plate. However, the ump will receive communications via an earpiece that's connected to an iPhone, and then the iPhone will relay the call from the computer system back to the umpire, and that will be how it's called. So what the hell is the umpire doing on the field in the first place? Exactly! That's the point I'm getting to. Why are you going to have a real-life umpire? That's ridiculous. Now, when I originally heard of a robot umpire, I thought, and this is what I assumed anyway, that they were going to have a laptop behind the catcher on a stool that would show the pitch tracker and if it was a strike or a ball on the scoreboard. That is what I thought it was going to be. But no, like it's a video game. A okay, so like if you're umpire. playing, so if you're if you're playing like PS4 or whatever, we have that the you know the electronics the strike zone that's in there. You kind of pick the area that you're going to throw the ball at, whatever. And you would think that there would be no umpire back there whatsoever. It would just be the catcher and the hitter. That's it. But that's ridiculous. The fact you got to have a that's real really life dumb. umpire. Use a computer system, despite the fact that this umpire has experience and knows how to call the game. This is where they've crossed the line with baseball. Once you start replacing humans with robots and crap like that, you have lost what baseball is all about. And that is a very important part of the game. Fans love to see the arguments between players and umpires and coaches and umpires that you're on air, you know, that kind of stuff. They love to see that. How the hell is a robot going to throw out a, a manager for arguing about something? I mean, they're totally missing the boat on this. Right. They're missing the human factor. Of baseball. Yes. On the bang-bang plays and stuff like that. The neighborhood calls. And what is more odd about this situation is that since this ABS system is going to be used for the independents and now with the Arizona Fall League, they are experimenting with these lower series so eventually that it can be brought up and used in the Major League Baseball. I just Buddy, think this not, is ridiculous. It's not going to be used in big league baseball. It will not be used in big league baseball because you're taking away the human element. You're taking away the pageantry of the game. You're taking away that variable. And the fact is, they already have a rule. You can't argue balls and strikes. That's why we have an umpire back there in the first place. Now, I guess the problem is, Rocco, when we look at the betting aspect of it, you know, I have a real problem with betting on pro sports. I have a real problem with it because of the manipulation. And let's face it, man, even MGM Resorts International, with the sell-off of the Bellagio and the circus, raised a bunch of cash so they could do what? Invest in what? Sports betting! How ridiculous is that? So look, they say you can compromise an umpire maybe, right? Now, how are they going to cheat if they have electronic strike zones? Because it sure seems to me, in my opinion, that the casinos are cheating everybody, and especially that organization, in which I'm an owner, I'm a shareholder of. It seems like the company that I'm an owner in is cheating in sports, and they're cheating in broad daylight, so how does this work, man? What are we, what are we really talking about? Robot umpires 
no umpires, electronic this, that, the other. How do they expect to cheat? Because it sure seems to me, in my opinion, that's exactly what they're doing now. And that means it's less likely for them to cheat if it's robot stuff. Well, cheating is a part of the game, obviously. Like, that's what, you know, for a lot of times we've all heard about, you know, cheating with baseball, basketball, football, hockey. There has been clear examples. Monday Night Football from last week is the first one that comes to my mind <laughs> about uh, obvious cheating. Now, right. with the robot they umpires. Use they, use, they use Bakhtari as the, as the patsy for that one, too, by the way, just as a side note. Now, the ABS system, which is the automatic ball strike system. Or is it and the lock break system? Which one is it? Both. Okay. With this system, could it be manipulated to benefit the people who are betting on the games? Is that so a possibility we can gonna, see down the line? Manipulation it. with the system. Rocco, they're going to, what you're saying is they're going to calibrate it to their advantage to manipulate. Is that what you're referring to? That is exactly what I'm referring to. How about a round of applause for that? Repeat that. Where, where, where's the kung fu applause? I said, how about a round of applause for that? Oh, it's right here. <laughs> That's the karate kid. Round of applause. Go ahead. <laughs> But, no, seriously, I mean, if MLB is going to initiate this system, and we know how much money in-game betting makes, that system could be manipulated or it could be swayed to a certain calibration to make sure that it benefits the people who are betting on the games. And more importantly... Okay, so how do they do that, though? Rocco, how do they do that? How do they... How do they manipulate the calibration on that to favor one thing or another? Let's see what your answer is. The way they could manipulate it is that they're focusing on the pitch tracker, the strike zone. Right. Well, a very simple way to manipulate the ABS system is to manipulate the strike zone itself. That dot that get that the dot that lands that lands right there, oh, it's a ball. Wait, but it's right there. It's right underneath the... No, that's a ball. But wait a minute. They can manipulate the inside corners or the outside. Okay, but but let's... Okay, but take that idea and relate it to the betting aspect. And then I'm going to come back with a a comment of my own. Now, with the betting, because of the money line and everybody who's betting on the games, what I could see happening is that... In order to make sure that everybody wins, that they could make a simple strike or a simple ball in a very close game. Or if there's a blowout, something could be affected that would help that would help out people who are betting on the games. That's what I okay, mean. It would be a very simple change uh, in certain games. Okay, well I'm I'm after I guess I'm after something a little bit more finite. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Okay. And what I'm thinking is let's just say there's more action on the over and under, the total point, the total run scored. Let's say there's seven and a half. That's a typical six and a half, seven and a half. We'll call it seven and a half, right? So you're looking at about a four to three game, and then they stay under the total runs of seven total, right? So maybe what they could do is expand the strike zone to force the batters to hit the ball, right? Right. And of course, if it's if it's a total over. If they want, in other words, if all the action is on the under and the casino needs them to go over the total, I could see them squeezing the pitchers and shrink the strike zone. That, to me, from a calibration standpoint, that would make the most sense. That deserves a round of applause say, right there. Good luck, you're a bunch. And then, just, just to make matters a little bit more complicated, they say, well, wait a minute. It's an electronic strike zone. How do we squeeze a pitcher when there is a definite ball or a strike? Well, maybe it has to do with the three-dimensional aspect of it. Because the three-dimensional aspect shows one view. The two-dimensional only shows, for example, the front or back view. Follow? What it doesn't show is where it went over the plate, where the ball went over the plate. And this is one way in which it could be manipulated by only using a two-dimensional versus a three, which means that the corners of the plate on sweeping curveballs or change-ups or splitties and stuff like that, maybe the ball has not been tracked over the plate. And this is where that over and under, that point total thing, that run total, can really be manipulated. That's what my thought is. As a former pitcher, the first thing I think of, I own the plate. Where's the ball going over the plate? Right? Is it the back of the strike zone, the front of the strike zone? Is it even over the plate, period? In other words, does it appear to be sweeping across the plate, but it doesn't even sweep across, yet it shows that maybe there was some manipulation in that calibration in the first place. If any of that makes sense to you, then you are a genius. I am reading the chat right now on Amp TV, and Vegas Mike said that the APS could be manipulated by the adjustment to the knee and chest slash waist zone of any player. All right, what is the strike zone by player? Because you understand that with the pitch tracker and the strike zone, there's going to be a batter and a pitcher. We all understand that. If you go on MLB.com and you actually are just looking at the tracker. That's a, that's a very good point by Vegas Mike. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, Vegas Mike, if you want to give us your input, 702-221-7283. Yeah, tell us more. I think, I I believe that's a really good point, and I I can understand where that could be manipulated, but the, the bigger problem lies when you have a general strike zone. Just because a batter is two foot three, it doesn't mean your strike zone has shrunken down. It just so happens that, look, there is a reasonable strike zone. This is where the manipulation of the strike zone happens from a pitching standpoint. If there's a really short guy that's up at the plate, and let's say it's a guy by the name of Freddie Patek back in the Kansas City Royals. Freddie was a real small guy. I think he was about five foot four. thereabouts. One of the shortest guys until the White Sox came up with their version with Harry Chappis, and Harry Chappis was, I think, five foot two. But so the strike zone will shrink. But see, the thing is, 
A strike is a strike is a strike. If it's right down Broadway, buddy, it's still a strike. I don't care if your batter is two foot three. It's still a strike because you can't squeeze the pitcher. If you squeeze the pitcher out of their own strike zone, then what you've created is unfair competition. You can't do that. That makes sense? That does make sense. We have another caller on the line. Is this Vegas, Mike? You got it right. Hello, Rocco. Hello, Sal. How are you guys? Doing great. How are you, Vegas Mike? Hey, great. Thanks for taking my uh, uh, chat. If you think of uh, the movement uh, vertically, Rocco and Sal, you pitched Sal and I caught, and you'd have to, as the catcher, adjust your mitt to the strike zone of the pitcher's height. I mean, excuse me, of the batter's height. So every batter has a different... Every batter has a different strike zone, you know, where the knees are from the ground for one batter versus mm-hmm. the knees for another. And it doesn't take more than a, a, an inch off on that to change the strike zone. Some batters will bet, will stoop uh, more in the batter's zone. Some will stand up straight. So a batter can actually change his strike zone by stooping well, over more. We used to have batters do that. You know, they would sure. try to crouch more. And so That's that, that computer will have rose stuff. Right. Yeah. And so the computer would have to keep up with that. And all you have to do is be off by just a fraction, however it's manipulated, who knows. And you 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 will still be the box will still be there. You don't have to have two dimensional or three dimensional, even though the three dimensional is a great op- observation. You can uh, ch- just change the batter's height, and the batter can change his height all the time, and the computer's got to keep up with it. And so you okay. can. And, uh, all right, so so Vegas Mike, my question to you is going to be if they do those adjustments, let's let's play along, okay? And we play along with the scheme of adjustments. And then we bring in a guy and I gave her an example with Freddie Patek, right? Freddie what, five right. four thereabouts? Okay. And so Freddie is a very small guy. Freddie crouches down, he gets into the Wade Boggs, Pete Rose, Rod Carew style, right? And he really gets okay. himself down there. Right. All right. Now what you've done is effectively you've taken the shoulder to knees, you've shrunk it down. But at some point, an umpire or an umpire crew or even electronics, they have to have a variable for that umpire or crew or whatever it is. They have to have a variable to where you can't necessarily take away a strike zone from a pitcher because at the end of the day, if you're throwing it right down Broadway, that is right down Broadway. It is what it is. So what they could do technically is they could squeeze the pitchers with that manipulation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. But think about the Yankees-Houston game tonight. Early on in the innings, uh, the umpire was calling some inside pitches because he thought he was saying that the ball was crossing the front uh, uh, left corner of the plate or to the right-hand batter, the front right corner. And and when you were looking at it on the on the uh, TV screen, it was very very close. So that comes in your three-dimensional, but if you if you squat or stand up straighter and you have that cross, I know the computers, you know, they're going to have computers and they're going to have lasers all over the place, but you don't have right. to manipulate that very much. And the batter can manipulate himself to change the odds there. Uh if 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 you decide that you're the batter and you want to change that and you go in there and I, I understand what you're saying about the pitch zone style because you know obviously you're accommodating the pitcher in all cases but that batter with a computer just like with a human can change his can change the odds 
very easily, and the computer's going to have to sit there and try to catch up with it. So I see some opportunities there for manipulation. Right. Very and this is my concern. <clears throat> my concern is that three-dimensional aspect of it, and it's the plate coverage from looking down on top of the plate that could be an issue. But what I, I tell you what that I would love to see, if they're going to allow this sort of manipulation in baseball, then I want to see, and I want to see a rule actually enforced that actually is a rule. It's a regular rule that if your body is over the strike zone and your body gets hit that's over the strike zone, it is not a hit batsman. It is simply a ball. That's it. That's a great rule. Or it's a strike. Uh, that's a round of applause a, right there. Yeah. Now that, uh, so if you, hey, it's called a strike. If your body is over the strike zone and you get hit, buddy, guess what? I don't care if it's your elbow, your knee. I don't care if it's your, well, your certain parts. If anything is over the plate, you get hit, guess what? It is a strike. Live with it. You can't dive over the plate. I had this talk with with uh, Matt Joyce, you know, Matt Joyce being the, uh, the platoon right fielder for the Atlanta Braves, right? And so Matt and I were talking about this, and we were talking about this off air. And I said, you know, Matt, we've got a problem with strike zones and people diving over the plate. And he gave me four or five guys that he knows that does that even a couple of guys on his own squad. And it, it came down to, all right, look, the rule is, and I said, I know what the rule is, but the problem is nobody enforces it. So why do I mention this? Because you take that three-dimensional view, take that top view of the strike zone. And with the top view of the strike zone, if the ball crosses the plate, and if somebody gets hit, technically it's a hit batsman, but technically it's a strike. Now, how does that ruling actually get called upon? If they're going to call balls and strikes in this manner, that means they're going 100% by the book, allegedly. Now, if they're going to go 100% by the book, allegedly, then Vegas Mike, don't you think that they're going to have to also use that rule as well? Because it is 100% by the book. Well, they'll have the computer. The computer will use whatever rules are there. I agree with you, Sal. But I want you to think about this vertical thing a little more. When, when you were batting, you were a pitcher, and when you were batting, I was batting. Rocco, I, I believe you played baseball. You were batting. Yes. And, and, you, and, you, and you go in for initial stance, and you crouch, whatever it is, you crouch. So you squeeze down the vertical height and, uh, of the, of the uh, strike zone, and so your, uh, your ankles don't move, so your vertical, your vertical from the ground stays the same, but your vertical from, the, from your head down changes because you've crouched. The computer sets that, the pitcher gets in, they get the pitch. As the batter, I stand up just a little. I come out of my crouch as the pitch is coming. The computer, what is it going to do? The batter is going to manipulate the strike zone. Now, obviously, they'll try to program for it, and they'll come up with all kinds of rules. But you they're going to have to have a set. Vegas Mike, they're going to have to have a predetermined preset strike zone because when the pitch is in play the batter is going to move because they stride forward most of them do nonetheless right so that strike zone is going to have to be set from the time the ball is still in the pitcher's hand and not in motion that's the only way to fairly do i dare say fairly call a ball and strike electronically because it has to be predetermined that's how the algorithm has to be set now you're talking about manipulation, and we asked what we've been discussing this entire time. There is a form of manipulation that catchers have been doing for decades, 
that with this ABS system and electronic tracking, it could actually make it more more noticeable, and it is painting the strike zone. There are some catchers that are great at this, is where at the last second they'll put their glove exactly where it needs to be for it to be called a strike. Sure. Now, with this ABS system, in fact, it's electronic strike zone, could catchers realistically make and manipulate this system to make more strikes happen? No, they can't because the ball is going to cross a plateau. And once it crosses it, it's going to be registered. They can't. doesn't okay. matter how they frame okay. it. Sal you, were a, you, you, Sal, you were a pitcher. Okay, and you were going to throw a curveball or whether it was a, a, a backup or, a, you know, or, or whatever it was, a sweeping curveball. I don't know what you choose. Uh, and Knuckle you, curve. You, they set, they, they the, set the strike zone. They set the strike yeah. zone. Okay, you, you, the batter's there. You set the strike zone. So now your curve has got to – you've got to set the mind of how, how much your curve is going to sweep, what your arm action is going to be, or your slider, whatever, whatever you're pitching. Now the batter they set the strike zone, so you, so so you have a fairly flat curve. So the batter crouches. You have a fairly fl- so you've got to throw a fairly flat curve to get through that strike zone if the, if the batter's crouching, right? So it presets it. Now the batter stands up. The batter stands up just before the pitch gets there. You've got a flat curve, and he doesn't have much of a sweep to it. I can picture all kinds of stuff as a catcher just between, you know. I can just picture it. And there's so, so much room for manipulating that. It would be silly. Right. Well, my my concern is that if if you're referring to – if you're referring to pitch by pitch, if a pitcher is going to have their – Strike zone change based on the pitch they're throwing, that is a whole different discussion on its own. Because then you have to have statistical data of what that pitcher has done over, we'll just say, 100 of those pitches, right? Sure. Let's say 100 sure. curveballs, 100 sliders, whatever it is. And then we don't know because then there's manipulation in arm angle, in, uh, in health, in strength, in other words, are they getting tired? Have they been out on the hill so long? There are way too many variables that way, so it has to be set just based off of the batter to a degree. You're still going to have a box that's going to be a minimum size of X, and once that box, uh, you get a bigger you get a bigger hitter, the strike zone is going to increase. If you get a smaller hitter, it's not going to decrease. You have to have a minimum size box to throw in. We used to do this when we played on the playground back in Chicago. We had a, a painted box on a wall, and that was our strike zone. We had one-on-one baseball games called fast pitch. And so there was two boxes. There's a box within a box. And, of course, for the smaller players, we'd have to use maybe the smaller box because that was kind of the regular box, if you will. But ultimately what ended up happening is the strike zone was the strike zone. That's it. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 
the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. You can't manipulate it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. There's a minimum size for the strike zone. And that's it. But the strike zone can get bigger. Say Shaquille O'Neal steps up to home plate. You know, you got all seven foot two, you know, 400 pounds of them. Well, that strike zone is going to get a lot bigger because Shaq Fu is a big boy. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? Sal, if he crouches, his strike zone is going to start out small. You're going to throw a less sweeping curve. You might even throw a slider instead of a less sweeping curve. He's going to stand up, and that ball is going to be coming in flat. Now, but I used remember, to catch strike zone. I used to catch strike zone, Vegas Mike. That that strike, and I throw knuckleballs. I used to throw knuckleballs. That strike zone okay. is going to have a static number, and it's not with him standing straight up. It's going to be knees bent in the typical batting position. And how do they do that? The only way they could do it, Rocco and, and Vegas Mike, is by taking a typical batter's position. There's going to be variance in the way that they crouch down or whatever, whatever. But they'll take it with the knees bent. You know, bending over forward a little bit, whatever, in the in the typical batting position, and they're going to have some data that they're going to use or could use that could flex that strike zone in either direction. But it's going to be a small variable. It's not going to be a big variable. It can't be because it wouldn't be fair to the pitchers, right? You can't let the batters manipulate the pitchers like that because, well, let's face it, that's unfair advantage. You can't do that. But listen to what but what the topic is. How how can the computers be manipulated? How can the the, the be admit, manipulated with these uh, automatic or these uh, robotic uh, umpires, so to speak? Right. Well, that we're talking about here topic at hand. Because all of a sudden, somebody's strike zone is different than somebody else's strike zone, depending on your height. And so now you made the game unreasonable because a, a tall guy and a short guy have different strike zones, even though or you know a short guy has a tall strike, strike zones, zone. But the Auto, the ABS system, it's going for the most part is going to just have one main uh, constant. It's going to be one main variable. I mean, there's going to be all these uh, different you know stuff that's going to happen in between it. But with the strike zone, it's going to be very similar to what you see on the MLB website. If you go to any baseball game and you watch it on just on the MLB website, with the nine squares, right? Zone. Yeah, that right, with the nine, with the nine squares. Right, those all those yeah, those all those little rectangles, yes. Right. right. Or squares, yeah, yeah. Within the rectangle, yes. But what I'm trying to convey is having sat behind that home plate and being the catcher and being able to move my men around and change things. You're saying the computer is set, but what you're saying is the shorter guy is gonna be at a disadvantage to the taller guy in the strike zone because the strike zone is actually going to expand for the shorter guy. And the taller guy may actually have a, a, a smaller strike zone because that's what you're saying if it's preset. If you, you have it preset with maybe one variable, I can see the shorter guys being at a great disadvantage. Just, you know, we're just brainstorming here from visualizing in our brains. 
So this is, I, I, I see the ability to manipulate the computer, not by the computer itself, but by what the batter does. Okay, and well, yeah, the but remember, a human, a human has to program that computer in the first place, and so therefore they also have to calibrate that. Right, well, Vegas Mike, do you yes, think Rob. that the ABS system will eventually get to MLB, or will this be such a failed experiment it will not even get anywhere close to being in the majors? I never thought they would have designated hitters for the pitcher. So that should answer that question. You're showing your age, young man. <laughs> no, because I don't so. think this is going to happen. I believe that with the Arizona Fall League and the independent leagues that they have been experimenting this with, there already has been mixed results from both sides. And because of that, unless they can get this fixed and be put on a system that is agreeable with everybody, which it won't, I don't expect this to be anywhere near MLB anytime soon. Well, it may not be in my lifetime. And uh, you have a caller that calls into your show, Rocco, that said he's 174. It may be in his lifetime, but it probably <laughs> won't be in mine. So, okay. so I don't know. I, I, I hope not. I hope not because it really takes away another, another, another tactic in the game. Even when I catch back there, you could jawbone the umpires, and some of them would be really ignorant, and nasty to you, and some of them would be kind of considerate. Well, and, those umpires are still you know, going to be. Takes there. Away, it takes away the personality of the game. All I'm saying is, this will take away the personality of the game. You might as well let the fans sit at home and watch a TV. You might as well take away the field itself because then you're going to have umpires on third base and first base, and you're going to have umpires behind, I mean, computers behind there. It's not going to be a game. It's all going to be computers. Why just not sit at home and play a, a TV game, you know? Right now, you know, I think uh, uh, online uh, football is more popular than uh, live football. There's some statistics I've seen. So Yeah, fantasy football, one of the uh, biggest... Uh, one of the biggest outlets in terms of all sports. Right, fantasy, yeah. So if they go to computerized umpires, I would say they're not far away from why having baseball parks. Why not just play it all on a computer? Now, here's another variable that we haven't discussed yet. Right, te technology is not perfect. Okay, it never has been and it probably never will be. Let's just say that this ABS system makes a mistake. They call a strike when it really should have been a ball, or vice versa. If that happens, who gets the blame for it? The umpire who has the earpiece in his ear and has to make the call? Or will it be the programmers who have programmed the system? That's a great question, Rocco. It probably won't matter in the end because they'll probably just stay with the caller. They'll give the, the coach or the manager you know, the right to make two changes during the game. So I wouldn't see. I mean that that problem that that concept may not change, but it's a great question. Sal. Well, look. The problem is if you give a coach's challenge to something that's supposed to be a perfect system, it has been proven to be imperfect. Thus, it is invalid. So that's your double negative, and you're right about that. Right, double yes, negative. Sir. Hey, by the way, I'm going to change the subject real fast. Uh, I thought I saw a press release today, the other day about the sports circus expanding in uh, hotel rooms or something. Is that, is that yeah, correct, Sal? The sports circus strikes gold. Yes. 
Actually, the the press release came out. Uh, it came out on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and the sports circus is now carried in hotel rooms across the country in four and five star hotel rooms. As a matter of fact, ABC News picked up that press release as well, and they redistributed sort of the Associated Press. I mean, it got a ton of attention. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I checked out it earlier today, and there were 70,000 impressions since it came out. That's crazy. That deserves a round of applause. Well, Sal, uh, from, a, from a, a, a very narrow Vegas view, you know, I'm sitting here in Vegas with a narrow view of the world, but congratulations, it sounds like a great expansion from a business perspective. Well, it is, and it, it gives a lot of expansion to all the sports circuits productions and the MTV. There's a lot going on here. It's a hell of a lot more that meets the eye, but all these sports circus productions are greatly going to benefit from this and certain key information or certain key segments will be distributed and put on the wheel in the hotel. So when you go into that hotel room, for example, first thing you do, what do you do? You drop your bag on the bed, maybe use the restroom or something, plug your phone in, turn the TV on, right? When you turn the TV on, there's that default channel, right? You got to arrow up or down off it. That's the channel that we're on. So it's intriguing right from the outset. As soon as you, you turn it on, boom, the first item that you're going to get on that is going to be a sports circus production uh, video clip. It's either going to be sports, cooking, comedy, or music. And that's what the press release was all about. Well, anyway, I, I, I didn't mean to distract uh, Rocco from the show or Sal from the conversation, but anyway, I just wanted to congratulate you because I did see the press release out there. So Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank but, you, sir. And, uh, you know, being, being uh, a part of, of the bigger picture, I... I believe that the sports angle is going to greatly benefit from it as well as it is a sports production. Everybody's going to win on it, and I think the sports angle deserves a huge round of applause. Hey, speaking of, speaking of being from Vegas, uh, I think that sports circus, I, I see the Vegas sign in back of it. Is it telecast for Vegas too? It is brought, well, yeah, it's actually on television in Las Vegas, and it's on the radio in Las Vegas. So you know, the the sports circus has gone through the growing pains like a lot of other uh, programming that's out there, and they've been stuck on on kind of crappy radio stations and here and there, and it's part of the growing pain process. But as the as the show carries on now. It is in a really, really good situation, and wow! All I could say is wow. the The growth that the show has re has received, and the growth, and the growth curve for the sports angle as it moves forward, it is certainly outgrowing its accommodations as it stands. Well, that's that's good news. I hope well, for you, Rocco. <laughs> hey, let me ask you both a question. Go ahead. Speaking of Las Vegas. I know that uh, there were some guys who thought that the Knights were going to have a tough time being an older team this year, but with some of their injuries and stuff, they've all of a sudden become a younger team, Rocco. Do you think, you and Sal, do you guys think becoming a younger team is going to put them in a better advantage 
against, say, Phoenix, for instance, that you thought earlier in the year, you still think they got the detriment? Sal, I'm going to let you go first. Look, I still believe their age is going to get – it's going to get to them. It's certainly going to get to them. It's just my own feeling. I Obviously, as a season ticket holder for the Vegas Golden Knights or for the Vegas Golden Knights, I believe that the team is going to be still about a six when it comes to playoff time. They'll probably be in that five, six range. A lot of people pick them above. It, you know, it's funny. I, today I did some stats between the alleged best teams in hockey, and it came down to the best team in hockey Right now, as it stands across the board, is the Edmonton Oilers, believe it or not. It is That's the Oilers. And I, think part, I know, right. Well, part of it, in my opinion, is they got rid of, I believe, their biggest cancer, which was Milan Lucic. Lucic has been a disaster since he left Boston, or better yet, since Boston fired him. I don't believe that he has done any team good. He didn't do very well in L.A. He didn't do very well in Edmonton. I think he moved down to Calgary, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where he's at right now. Yeah, he's there right now. But, right, and I think they swapped uh, James Neal with him. James Neal has not? been having a productive season for Edmonton so far. Well, James James Neal, I think he's leading the league in goal scored. That is not correct. Mistaken. Yes, he is. Right, right. And so I ran the numbers, and the numbers really didn't lie when it came to the better teams in hockey. And, and the Golden Knights actually showed up as the third best team in hockey across the board, which was a little bit surprising because their penalty kill is kind of what's killing them. The penalty kill wasn't real. Actually, no, it wasn't the penalty kill. I forget. It was uh, not the not the goals scored, not the goals against. No, actually, their penalty kill, their special teams were really good. There was one of them that was kind of mediocre, but they are a pretty good squad. My my concern is that they are older. They're certainly older, and you could see their age. Now, when I, for example, when I went to the game against the Boston Bruins the other day, I watched two older teams. And the Bruins are a very, very skilled club, but they're slow. They're really slow, and i got to tell you, watching those two teams, it was like watching old and older play one another, but highly skilled, but a very slow hockey game. Does that make sense? Well, we have about a final minute before we go to commercial break. So, Sal, Vegas Mike, I'm actually going to give you a final minute. I'm going to have you finish your thoughts before we go to commercial break. Go ahead, Vegas Mike. Well, this is Vegas Mike, and uh, I know you got a guy that comes on your show called uh, Guido from Houston, and I'm I'm also a Yankees fan. And I've got to say, you know, the old adage, good pitching wins over good hitting. And the Yankees, I don't know if they've just been terrible hitting or if it's the good pitching. But whatever it is, got to give Houston kudos. It's making me uh, ticked off to see the Yankees hitting so bad. But you've got to give kudos to those pitchers for Houston. They've been dominating. That's my takeaway. Well, my thought on this as you go to break is pitching a defense wins championships. Pitching a defense is where dynasties lie. It's not in offense, 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 offense. And it's always been that way in the game of baseball. Historically, there should be no surprise that Houston's superior pitching is better than the hitting that the Yankees are showing. 
All right. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Vegas Mike. All right. Thanks, Rocco. All right, buddy. We're going to go to commercial break here on The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We'll be back after this. So, you want to be in show business. Do people tell you that you're really funny, you have a great personality, and you should have your own talk show? Many of us have been told that, but we don't know how to get started. It's easier than you think. Let the pros at Cali Vegas give you a free talent evaluation. Call 949-445-1119 and learn how quickly you can create, produce, and host your very own talk show. Imagine not having to sit in traffic every day, commuting back and forth to the same old boring job. Get started in television or radio today with your free talent evaluation from Cali Vegas. Call 949-445-1119 or visit them online at calivegas.com. Make your dream come true today and create your new career and learn how to become a television or radio star with the help of Cali Vegas. 949-445-1119. Call now. Are you a small business owner or pursuing the dream of starting your own company? Do you know where to start or how to grow that existing business? The American Business Trust Company has the answers you need. The American Business Trust Company can help you start up with capital, business strategy, sales, and marketing, and establish your company with a physical location or an online presence on the Internet. You decide. You bring the idea. Then American Business Trust can help with the rest. For a free evaluation, visit them online at abtrustco.com. That's abtrustco.com. Or call them at 657-600-1876. That's American Business Trust Company, 657-600-1876. Call them today. They'll help your business right away. That's American Business Trust Company. Online at abtrustco.com. American Business Trust Company. Do you have any questions about legal issues? Have you ever been stopped by a police officer and issued a ticket that you're scared to deal with? Have you ever been in trouble with the law and don't know what to do? Do you have a will or power of attorney question? Is your home being foreclosed upon and you don't know where to turn? Maybe you were given a contract that you don't understand. For freedom and a worry-free solution, call for Legal Shield today at 213-245-1305. It's that simple. You will have access to high-quality law firms that will fight for you for less than a dollar a day. Peace of mind is just a call away. That's for Legal Shield. Call 213-245-1305 or visit us at nocourt.us. It's justice for all and not justice for some.
Welcome back to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow me on social media at Rocco Kelly Radio. And follow the show at The Sports Angle Radio. We are here on AMP TV, A-A-M-P dot TV. Listen in on iHeartRadio and Spotify. And go to our website, thesportsangle.com. To listen to the show live, pick up some swag, and get information on past and future guests. I still have Sal from the Sports Circus. Yes! Now, the Atlanta Braves organization, they have been well known for the tomahawk chop and the chant that they do every single game. Well, there has been recent backlash because a St. Louis Cardinals pitcher who had full-blooded roots to the Cherokee Nation, a Native American tribe, said that it was disrespectful for them to be doing the chant during the NLDS. Well, because of this, the Braves organization said they will look into the tradition and speak with the Native Americans after the Cherokee and the Creek tribal chiefs have supported the statement by the St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Now, Sal, there was a Braves fan out there that started a petition to keep the Tomahawk chant still with the Atlanta Braves organization. It got 20,000 signatures in 24 hours. What does this mean for the whole controversy and everything that's surrounding this Tomahawk chop chant? It means diddly. And the reason being is it's no more offensive to the tribal nations as seeing two birds on a baseball bat instead of a branch on a tree. Look at the Cardinals jersey. There's two birds across the chest on a baseball bat, right? Right, St. Louis Cardinals, correct. Exactly. So is that offensive? Should birds be on trees instead of baseball bats because the baseball bat represents violence in some worlds? Or does the war cry of a Native American Indian offend other people? I think the war cry of a Native American Indian is about as American as it gets, and that deserves an astounding round of applause. The super applause. <clears throat> now, this I mean, how the in the world... Time. Rocco, how in the world... Does something as American as a Native American war cry? Who in the hell is that going to absolutely offend? It should offend nobody. Just like the Buffalo Head Nickel. Exactly. There's nothing more American than that, in my opinion. Ask the Natives. However, it's not the first time that there has been controversy with the Native Americans and. Major League Baseball a couple of years ago, and you might remember this, the Cleveland Indians had to change their logo. They had to get rid of Chief Wahoo 
and replace it with that Block C logo. Which is criminal, I might add. Yes, it is criminal, but they had to change it because of the backlash that was going on with the Chief Wahoo logo that was on their jerseys and their hat. Well, just like the University of Illinois in Champaign, about 10, 12 years ago, they took off Chief Illini off their helmets, and they went to just a block I as an idiot. But the fact is, they caved to the pressure. The Cleveland Indians caved to pressure that I will never understand. You think the Chicago Blackhawks, which have the most glorious logo in all of sports, the number one selling logo in professional sports, is the Chicago Blackhawks logo with that Indian head on it. Do you think for a second they're going to change that? They've tried to put pressure on the Blackhawks organization, just make it a, a group of feathers. So they actually have that as a secondary or ancillary logo. But the Washington Redskins have the same same. You think they're going to change their logo? Hell no. no they're not they're going to succumb to the pressure of, of left-wing liberal garbage, blue-team BS. Why would they do that? Oh, somebody's going to be offended because that's what happens well, from the liberal side of the world. In 2019, that's the way. No, I say the no, no, no. The the liberal side of politics is offended, and it's enough to make you sick to your stomach because everything that they stand for is against the greater good of these United States of America. The tomahawk chomp, the chant. Now. Let's just get away from MLB because you also have to understand the Atlanta Braves are not the only team that does the chant. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Florida State Seminoles also do the same chant. So why aren't the Native Americans and the people who are going against this going after Florida State and Kansas City and not just the Atlanta Braves organization? Well, I would say, Rocco, I would say more so the Florida State Seminoles because of the Seminole Indian tribes, the, the natives. If any pressure was going to come, because that's a, that's a proper name. This isn't about a native group in general. No, this is a very specific group. This is the Seminole Indians, right? The Kansas City Chiefs is just about what? Just Indian Chiefs, right? The Atlanta Braves, I mean, you have Bravos, right? It is what it is. But what you have in, in Florida State of Tallahassee is you have in the ACC a bona fide tribe that is picked out by name. So if anybody should be complaining, it should be them. But frankly, I think they're proud of it. That's why at the game, before the game starts, they have their Indian comes out on the stallion and, and drives, the, drives the, uh, the spear right into the ground at midfield. That's what they do. And they're proud of it. So if anybody is offended by a tomahawk chop or a war chant or whatever, go move to another country, man. This is the United States of America. Get over yourselves. Now, people are very proud to be doing that chant, especially the teams that have this as a tradition. Now, since there are traditions in sports, they have been accustomed, and most people have been doing it for almost their entire time as a fan of that team if for some reason in a very weird universe where the tomahawk chop is banned or you can't do it anymore how would the let me ask you a question Rocco changed? 
How would well, the let me ask you a question. Let me pose you a different question. Let me pose you a different question here in your last couple minutes. What do you think about the San Diego Padres being called the Spanish version of a father? Don't you think that's racist? <laughs> I mean, you see that, where I'm that is going a great question, but... Exactly. <laughs> and how about the left-wing liberals getting all hot and bothered about that one in the liberal state of California? All right, I love well, that. Chew on that one. Exactly. Now, Sal, we have a couple minutes left here on the radio. We're going to stay on uh, Amp TV. Now, uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to give out your social media. Tell everybody where they can find you, folks. Make sure you check out the Sports Circus every day at 5 p.m. in Las Vegas. You can stream us at thesportscircus.com, and we'll be giving out our new radio information real soon. In the interim, make sure you stream us live at thesportscircus.com. If you're in Southern California, pull us up on NBC Sports, NBC News, CNBC Financial. That would be 106.5 FM, 102.3 FM, and 10.50 AM. Also stream us at the Sports Circus or NBC or Spotify and iHeart. Make sure you catch us on Amp TV and Hotel TV. I'm your ringmaster, Cell. We'll see you next time. And this is the Sports Angle. We're here weekdays at 10 p.m. Stay tuned on Amp TV. And I'm Rocco Kelly at the Rocco Kelly Radio. And I'll see you next time. So long. <laughs> The world-famous radio shopping show weekday on 1400 KSHB North Las Vegas at KSHB.com. USA Radio News with John Hunt. The White House acknowledged that President Donald Trump's decision to hold up military aid to Ukraine was linked to his demand that Kiev investigate Democratic National Committee and the 2016 presidential campaign. This admission came from Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, and it raised questions at the Justice Department. Mulvaney said Trump did nothing improper because he was asking for help, and he was withholding money at the time because he was worried about Ukrainian corruption. This is a corrupt place. Everybody knows it's a corrupt place. Put this in context. This is on the heels of what happened in Puerto Rico when we took a lot of heat for not wanting to give a bunch of aid to Puerto Rico. Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven. The been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 